Hi, friends, and welcome to Robcast number 24, The Good Grief. This week, I'll be at the Regent Theater in Los Angeles, California, for the launch of the Everything is Spiritual Tour. It's all new content, all new ideas, and of course, a new whiteboard. And then uh, July 6th, San Diego, then Phoenix, Tulsa, and then from there, around the country. 32-city tour, and I'm so thrilled, because a number of you have been listening to the Robcast, but now I get to come to your city and share this Everything is Spiritual Tour with you, and then hopefully we'll get to meet. So, sound like a plan? And then uh, a number of you have downloaded from the tour page at my website, robbell.com. You can download tour posters, and um, the offer is out to put those tour posters in unusual, clever, interesting places that make me laugh, and then I'll put you on my guest list and get you free tickets for Unifriend. And a number of you have done that, and you've tagged me on Instagram, and it makes me laugh very hard. So this week, uh, you'll be contacted about how to get your free tickets. And the rest of you, if you want free tickets, just put the poster somewhere in the winners in each cities. Um, you just got to make me laugh. That's the criteria. Something weird, clever, unexpected, original, and um, you'll be on my guest list. So, oh my word, so unbelievably exciting. But right now, I want to talk about the good grief. And here's why I want to talk about the good grief. Because this week, our six-year-old daughter graduated from kindergarten. And they had a kindergarten graduation ceremony. And they wore those square hats with the tassels on them. And they played that pomp and circumstance song when the kids marched in. And honestly, it's ridiculous. A kindergarten graduation, come on. It's completely absurd. And yet... And every mom and dad out there and aunt and uncle and grandpa and grandma know exactly what I'm talking about. It's completely ridiculous to have a kindergarten graduation. And it's strangely moving and powerful. And I found myself standing there thinking, oh, my word, like just wanting to say to the kids, you haven't done a thing. And yet also, it's like, honestly, I thought I was going to, I teared up a couple times. And I found myself like, why is this so emotional? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. A kindergarten graduation is ridiculous, and it's also incredibly powerful because your kid is no longer in kindergarten. And so you're happy about that because if your kid repeats kindergarten too many times, that's a problem. And yet there's also, and here's the word I use specifically, a sadness. You know exactly what I'm talking about because when you look at old photos, the first thing you notice about your kids is, oh, they were so younger and so cuter and everything was so much more simple and you're so struck with how cute they are, but there's also this weird sort of sadness built into it. See, change is a form of loss and loss needs to be grieved. Change is a form of loss. And with loss, you gotta grieve it. Now here's what I mean by the good grief. We're familiar with grief over bad things. Cancer, death, abuse, assault, war, genocide. We get betrayal, infidelity. Like there's, you, there are bad things that we grieve. Toxic, destructive, dangerous things that hurt us and other people. 
we, we understand what that looks like to grieve bad things. We're grieving Charleston and the tragedy there this past week. But then there's also the grief over good things. And the grief over good things is a bit counterintuitive because you think, my kid is, maybe your kid graduated from high school. Maybe they graduated from college. Maybe you are graduating. Maybe everything's changing. Maybe you're leaving one job to go to another. Maybe you're moving from one city to another or one house and things aren't what they are. And so it's change, and it's good change and necessary change. Like if your kid doesn't graduate from high school and they're a senior and they keep not graduating and they're repeating their senior year for the fourth time, that's a problem. Would you agree? You want your kid to go from first grade to second grade to third grade. We're all together on this one. It's good that your kid keeps growing older. It's good that you keep growing and maturing. And yet things aren't what they are. And change is often a form of loss. And with loss, you have to grieve it. I have a friend who became very wealthy, very influential, and very well-known at a very young age. And it changed everything for him. So he walks into a room, everybody wants to hang out with him. He walks into a room and instantly he doesn't know who just wants to be with him and who wants to be with the famous, wealthy, influential person that he is as well. It changed all the relationships with his family members. It changed how he moves in public. I've been with him in public and it's, sometimes it's flat out scary the way people react to him. And one time we were talking and I said, how often or do you on a regular basis, do you sit in your house and grieve your success? because his life is a totally different life than he used to have. And here's the thing about success. Every time you gain something, you lose something. It's true for money, fame, influence. It's also true at the everyday level. When your kid goes from first grade to second grade, now your kid's in second grade, which means your kid is no longer that six-year-old first grader. Every time you gain something, you lose something. Think about the people who started out in the mailroom at the company and everybody started, and then they moved up to the cubicles and everybody was in it together and you have all these bonds from how you started out at the bottom rung and the, at the very lowest level of the org chart for the business. But you kept working and you kept taking opportunities and kept taking risks and eventually you got a promotion and one of you got a promotion to a corner office or you got bumped up to a higher floor or to, to a more responsible level of management. And all of a sudden you're in like a slightly different place in the organizational chart. And so now when you all go to lunch, everybody expects you to pick up the bill. And so you gain something, you got the thing, you got the promotion, you got the bigger paycheck, you got all that. And yet you also lost that solidarity and, and that camaraderie that you used to have. Or maybe you got that house that you always wanted and it's bigger, but it's also more complicated and it takes more to maintain it and more things can break on it and it's not as simple as it used to. And so you gained something, but you also lost something. You may get everything you wanted only to discover that in gaining something, you also lost something. And sometimes what happens is we are grieving, but we think, wait, this is all good. Why would I grieve something with, that's good? It's the good grief. We know how to grieve 
bad things, but sometimes you have to grieve good things. Otherwise, it's just all in there somewhere. I have this friend named Tim Cusack. Just saying his name makes me laugh. Tim Cusack is one of the most extraordinary human beings you've ever met. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He's a radio personality. He's a stand-up comedian. He's um, a motivational speaker. He, he can do it all. And for years, he has like the biggest heart I've ever met in a human being. And he purposely takes the weirdest offers that comes his, come his way just because he knows it'll be an amazing experience and it'll end up with a good story. So one time, every time I see him, we used to live across the street from each other, but I'll see Tim or we'll talk on the phone and I'll say, well, what have you been doing recently? And then he'll tell me what gigs he's done. And it's always like one time I said, Tim, what have you been up to? And he says, oh, I just did the UPS 25 year safety dinner. And I was like, what is that? And he said, well, if you go as a UPS driver for 25 years without a crash, accident-free, they have a ceremony, a dinner, and a ceremony where they give you a camel hair sports jacket. And it's like a big honor. And th they booked me to do some stand-up comedy as part of the evening's entertainment before the riders, the drivers are given their camel hair sports jackets. And I said, well, what did you do? And he said, oh, that one was easy. He said, I pretended that I was French. And by the way, he's the dude who can prank and hold the prank the whole way through, like hold a straight face. He says, I decided that I, that I would pretend I was French. And so I faked that I was French and I walked through the audience and I would stop at the tables and I would talk to the driver's wives and I would say to them during the holiday season, when your husband is delivering packages late into the night and he's gone, just remember that you are lonely and I am French. <laughs> See what I mean? Totally random, totally weird, totally funny. One time he was hired by the owner of a car, a stereo store. It sold like high-end, high-fidelity equipment, stereos and speakers and such. The owner was having a Christmas party and hired Tim to do the entertainment for the Christmas party, like to do some comedy. And so Tim said he found an old stereo and he showed up at the party and he rang the doorbell and when the owner of the company opened his front door, Tim started yelling, you sold me this piece of shit and it broke and now I'm bringing it back and I want you to fix it right now as loud as he could so that all the guests would think that this actually was somebody who'd bought a stereo from the dude. That's what Tim is like. You never know what he's going to do next. You never know what stories he's going to tell you. One time he told me, that uh, I'd done my usual, like, what have you been doing recently? And he said, I just did a gig for a bank. I said, what is that? And he said, well, they brought me in as a motivational speaker to talk to the employees of this bank. And I said, well, why did, why did they bring you in? And he said, because they changed the logo and a number of the employees were having a difficult time with it. They were like emotionally disturbed about this new logo. And the, the upper management was like, we need to do something about that. So they brought him in to see if he could help the employees adjust to the new logo. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So I said, what'd you do? And he said, well, here's what I did. I had everybody come up with a physical emblem, something, an object they could hold in their hands that represented the old logo. And he says, I had them take turns telling stories about the old logo and about their experiences back when the bank used to have that logo. And he said, then I had them all bring those objects up on the stage and say goodbye to the old logo 
so that they could then welcome the new logo. <laughs> and I was like, that is so unbelievably weird. But as I said it, I realized, wait, do I have stuff I'm still holding on to? See, we laugh about Tim talking to the employees of a bank who are having a difficult time with the transition to their new logo. And yet, honestly, have you ever held on to things that for some reason they were hard to let go of? I have. Have you ever clung to something and had a difficult time with the next stage? And the truth is, it's because you were holding on to the early stage and you liked things how they were. And you're not sure that the new thing is actually better. And so what you do is, at even sometimes a subconscious level, is we hold on to how things were. The reason why I love that story that, that Tim tells is I laugh and I think, oh, come on, it's just a logo, get over it. But I know there are things for me that I have held on to. And you would say to me, dude, just get over it. And I might say to you about something you're holding on to, just get over it. And yet, change is a form of loss and loss has to be grieved. So uh, grief is normal. Grief is healthy. Oftentimes grief is a sign that you're actually alive and awake and you're paying attention. There is grief over the bad, but there's also the good grief, the kind that comes from change, that comes from graduation, that comes from your kids growing up, the kind that comes from success, like the friend I told you about. Sometimes you have to grieve that things have gone well and things have gone well, which means things aren't how they used to be. Have you ever seen those images uh, on the news, like somebody will die in, uh, let's say the Middle East, and you'll see the village has gathered around the casket. And oftentimes there's a group of women and men right up against the casket and they're throwing themselves on the coffin and they're wailing and weeping and mourning and they're yelling these dirges. And they're just, it's so expressive and over the top and they're sort of draping themselves on the casket as it's paraded through the village. And you just think, oh my goodness, how, how primitive, how sort of antiquated. And yet think about a f funerals in the West. We sit perfectly still. People will even apologize. I'm sorry, I just can't stop tearing up. Like somebody that we all loved dies and we sit perfectly still. And people even apologize. I'm just so sorry. I just, I'm having a hard time keeping it together. You just lost somebody that you loved. It's okay if you can't keep it together. It's okay if you're sobbing. So we have this very repressed way culturally that we were taught to deal with grief where you sort of sit still and nod and yes, that's right. I did love the person. Yes. And then you see that which one is more sophisticated? Which one is more healthy? actually getting it all out, throwing yourself on the coffin, or sitting there perfectly still. My friend Peter Rollins, who, who we'll have on a future Robcast for sure, he's a philosopher from Belfast, Northern Ireland. And Pete one time said, he was talking about grief, and he said, remember when Lady Diana, Princess Diana died? All those people came to the front of Buckingham Palace and stacked up those flowers. It was sort of astounding, the public outpouring of grief and mourning. And he said, I wonder if it's because we don't live in cultures that know what to do with grief. We have, it's like we haven't been trained well in how to grieve and that grieving is a normal, natural part of being alive. It's actually a sign of health. So he says, what happens sometimes is a public figure dies 
And he says, I wonder if Lady, when Princess Diana died, what it did is it gave people, besides their grief for her, it gave people a way to express all the grief they've been carrying around they didn't know what to do with. Have you ever, have you ever uh, had somebody public die, uh, actor or musician or politician or somebody, and, and it deeply moved you and you couldn't figure out why? Like think about when Robin Williams died, how many of us, it affected us. We didn't know him, we loved his work, we didn't know him personally. Have you ever found somebody that you don't know died, a public figure, and you find yourself thinking, why does this affect me so much? Is it because it taps into all this latent grief that's sort of built up within us that's unexpressed? And then we get a moment, it's like the valve gets turned and it just all comes out. It's normal, it's healthy, it's a part of life just to let it out. My girl isn't in kindergarten anymore. And all those days of holding her hand, walking down the steps, signing her in, hanging up her lunchbox on the little hook, making sure that her sweatshirt was in the right place, giving her a kiss, walking back to my car. Man, those days were incredible. And now she's not in kindergarten anymore. And grief is a natural response to change because change is a form of loss. And loss is something you gotta grieve. Life is impermanence. The universe, its natural state is becoming. You are not living in a static world. It's changing. Flow, movement. There was that moment, and then there's this moment, and then there'll be the next moment. There's this great story about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. He's, in the, he's resurrected in Mary. One of his first disciples follows um, She's following, like, hanging around the grave. She's there. She rushes to him, and he says, Mary, don't hold on to me. And I love that line, don't hold on to me, because I'm assuming Mary is like, oh, he was gone, but now he's back. Sweet, we're getting the band back together. Let's go do our thing. But Jesus is like, Mary, everything is changed. Do not hold on to me. Because often what happens is we want to go back, don't we? We want to recreate how it was. Is there any way that it was that you're still holding on to, still wishing it could be that, and it's not that, it's this? Is there any person, place, thing, is there anything in your life right now that is changing? It's in the process of changing. It's graduating, it's leaving home, it's going to the next level, it's more responsibility, more money, more influence, more whatever it is, more problems, it's more complicated, it's, it's more mature. Whatever it is, you've gained something, but you've lost something. And you gotta get it out. Whether it's my daughter graduating from kindergarten or a bunch of other changes that our family is going through, sometimes grieving feels like the last thing you should be doing, and yet it's also the most healthy thing you could be doing. There's grieving the bad, the toxic, the destructive, the abusive, the harmful, the oppressive, all of that that we see all around us that we need to grieve. And then there's grieving the good things. Did you start out with a group of people and you kept going and whatever it is that came your way, you've experienced goodness, success, plenty. Have you uh, gotten money? Have you gotten influence? that perhaps those you started out with don't have, whether it's extended family members, 
whether it's coworkers, whether it's neighbors, you've been blessed and they haven't experienced the same things you've experienced and you've gained something, but you've also lost something. And there's a grieving that has to go on. There is bad grief and then there is good grief. Grief is a sign that you're aware, that you're awake, it's healthy. So may you, my brothers and sisters, may you be grateful for how it was. May you thank God for kindergarten. May you grieve whatever needs to be grieved as whatever it is passes, passes, so that you can be present here and now, because here is where the joy is. And may grace and peace be with you.